Why, hello. A special greeting to all of you who join us on this 14th episode. My name is The Judge, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to The Lodge with Podge, typically referred to as Podge Hodge. As always, I'm joined by the coolest cat this side of the Mississippi, The Crow. Well, thank you, Judge. I wasn't even aware that my urban nest fell into the Mason-Dixon line, but I guess I've deviated away from the road often enough that my sense of direction has become a little misconstrued. Hey, you know what? Speaking of roads, boy oh boy have we got a hell of a show for you tonight. (laughs) With E3 just around the corner, we're going to discuss the upcoming conferences and reveals that we have to look forward to. But as always, we can't do that yet. We can't possibly proceed to the main topic without going through the road obstruction that is rant or rave. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> unintentional, unintentional pause there. Yeah, so we've only got one rave, and you posted this on one of your social media accounts. You titled it, I believe, The Epic Hatch Escape, or The Great Hatch Escape? The Great Hatch Escape. It played out like a, like a play. Yeah, it really did. Do you want to explain that, or do you want me to explain it? All right, so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll run through it real quick. Essentially, we had two two kind of shoddy teammates that got killed pretty early in the game. So, Dead by Daylight, I should specify in case that wasn't already obvious. Yeah, that's helpful to know. <laughs> so, we were playing Dead by Daylight, and uh, our two teammates got killed off like pretty quickly. So, Judge and I were trying to plow through the uh, the generators, we got down to one generator, and then the hag found me, and she was she was on my ass the entire time, and I I can't remember did I gave you a skeleton key correct or did you pick that up off of somebody else's body? One of our useless teammates brought a skeleton key in, and they dropped it whenever they disconnected. Oh, they DC'd. Phenomenal! I forgot about that. Yes. All right, so picked up a skeleton key from one of our useless teammates. And, uh, yeah, he, he was, we, we had gotten it down to, you know, one gen. So that meant that there was a hatch somewhere. He had the key so he could open the hatch. We just had to find it, but I was getting chased all around the map. And I'm pretty sure I went like around half the map before I came across where you were, where the hatch was, hagged down me. And, uh, she was starting to carry me. She, she noticed judge judge was deliberately, you know, crouching, going slow, Kind of, not really teabagging, but like still infuriating enough for a killer. Um, she started going after him um, while I while I was still wiggling, and then she realized I was about to get off, so she went toward a hook. But I was already like you know free by that point, so I was like, "Grab the hatch, grab the hatch." So judge opened the hatch. I got off, ran to the hatch, and we both got out. It was an extremely funny video. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty great. So that was the only thing that we had to mention in Ranter Rave. So. We can get closer to the action and just jump right into Weekend Review, and then we'll go into our main topic. Okay, so for this week, there were quite a bit of, quite a few things that happened, but we're going to try to pare it down because we really want to get into the meat of uh, the main topic this week, which is E3. Today, it is Monday, June 4th, and one of my favorite events of the year happened, Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference took place this morning, oh, and <laughs> yeah, um, and really to try to keep this short, 
they announced new operating system updates for all their major platforms. So, you know, you've got iOS, macOS, watchOS, and tvOS. I mean, I could go through and explain everything that they announced, but you could easily just go to Apple's website and check it out if you want to. But these events are always fun to watch. It's it's nice to watch the keynotes and see the different presentation styles. And I don't know, there's a lot of hype that gets generated over these events. So that happened. And something else cool happened that Crow might want to elaborate a little bit on. Yeah, so um, Fully Cooly Progressive finally released and everybody has been losing their fucking minds over this. Uh, the original Fooly Cooly is considered something of a cult classic at this point. And the funny thing is, like, not a lot of people can really explain what the fuck it's about. Like, it's so random. It's so out of this world. It's so... It, like, it, you could literally write a thesis about it. Like, it's on, it's on the same level as Evangelion in regards to, like, how many people lose their minds about it and have things to say about it, and nobody's really right, nobody's really wrong. Um, and Progressive finally released, and this is like, I, I can't remember, I think it's, it's been at least a decade, if not several decades, since the original Fooly Cooly came out. And, <laughs> like, the animation style is so gorgeous now, like, it, it's still clearly Fooly Cooly, but they, they've definitely got, like, a bigger budget to go on with this, and it looks so nice and crisp. And then uh, it had so many great moments in it. Like there was, there's a moment where uh, where one of the main character, the new main character, got hit by a car, and the person driving the car comes out and inspects the inspects the main character and talks to the mother, and she's like, "Well, unfortunately, your daughter's gonna be all right." <laughs> and it's just, it, it, it's everything that people wanted from Fooly Cooly. There's like a there's like a scene where the teacher is literally playing like porn or hentai or something like that. So like. You're, you don't really get what's going on. Like everybody has to like lower their volume because there's like a there's like a guy and a girl moaning in the background. Nobody really knew what that was about. It's fully coolly, and uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of great moments. A very strong first episode, and I'm I'm super excited to see where pro- where Progressive is going to take things. What a weird sounding show. You have to watch it. I might actually do that. There was a Pokemon event this past week. They announced uh, two new Pokemon games for the Switch that are also going to have crossover compatibility with Pokemon Go. Uh, They're called, and I'm not a bit fan of the naming scheme, I don't really understand why they named it this, but Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I don't really know (laughs) how I feel about this. They're announcing, or they're releasing like a Joy-Con peripheral that's like a Pokeball that you can use instead. It's like $50.00. You can use it just like you would on Pokemon Go. It'll work on Pokemon Go as well. You can, like, pretend that you're throwing it and, I don't know, more immersion and crap like that, I guess. I don't really care for it that much. But they also said that there were going to be some new core Pokemon games coming out in 2019, which I would imagine is what everyone cares about more. So keep that on your radar. This is a pretty interesting announcement that actually ties into something I mentioned a couple shows back. I feel that The Walking Dead as a television show should end. And this just strengthens my argument for that. There have been reports coming out that Rick, the uh, Andrew Lincoln, the guy who plays Rick on the walking dead is leaving the show after season nine. And there are, are talks about the people over at AMC offering to pay Norman Reedus a ton of money or give him a lot more money so that he becomes a new lead character. And 
this completely will jack up the entire storyline of the comics. Like, they've already made some changes associated with that, but it just won't be a freaking show. It won't be right without Rick. They just need to go ahead and end it. But that's a story for a different day. It's just some news that's come out about it this week. Yeah. Fallout, uh, Fallout 76 just got announced uh, a little while ago, and a lot of people are losing their minds over that, too. I don't really know anything about it. A lot of people are kind of... A lot of Overwatch fans are, are joking that, oh my god, Soldier 76 crossed over into Fallout. Um, which, you know, it's a joke, but that would be an interesting concept. I wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. And then we've got uh, Walmart's at it again. They just leaked another game before it's time. Uh, <laughs> Team Sonic Racing Game, which somebody... I can't remember what the user what the user's name was, but uh, somebody commented on Twitter like, "Sonic's fast. Why does he need to race? Why does he need a car?" <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's a weird concept, but it's it's you know all all the popular games end up getting a racing game spinoff. So yeah, it's not surprising. Real talk, those games are good. That's all for the week in review. You can tell that we're really trying to speed into the uh, main topic. We really want to talk about E three. So we're going to make this the formal segue into our main topic. Okay, so the way that we're going to approach this, we have every single presser that we've laid out. And we're going to go through and we're going to briefly, and some not so briefly, talk about how we feel about the games that have been confirmed. Maybe some games that we hope will be revealed, because we know that there are going to be surprises. It's E3. There's always got... It's not a good E3 unless there are surprises. So we're going to kind of go through these. Uh, it may feel like a little bit of a quick fire event at first, but we want to be able to tackle everything. So we're going to go ahead and start with EA. So EA is going to be happening on Saturday, June the 9th. And I guess I forgot to put what time this is going to be, but it's EA, so we don't really care about that anyway. 1 p.m. Central Time. 1 p.m. Thank you. Battlefield 5 is... Um, going to be one that we can expect, and Bioware's Anthem. I don't really know anything about either of them. Probably expect a few sport games, but, you know, we don't really care about those here, so. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 uh, hasn't been met with the most enthusiasm, so EA has a shot with Battlefield 5 to maybe grab the crowd support. And Bioware's Anthem, it's got a lot of controversy surrounding it right now. There's been a lot of negative talk about it in the media but it'll be interesting to see what the game looks like. So looking forward to both of those, but don't really know what else to say here about them. All right. Microsoft. Microsoft is set for Sunday, June the 10th at 1 p.m. I should also probably clarify the, these times are all uh, are all Pacific time. Well, except for the one that I just said, EA's is central time, ah, 1 okay. p.m. But everything else, everything from this point on will be Pacific time. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, Microsoft is June 10th at 1 p.m. It seems like mostly speculation as far as what we've got right now. Um, Ori and Will of Wisps is confirmed, it sounds like. Are, the, are those the two that are confirmed? Ori and the Will of Wisps has been confirmed. Uh, that's a, a lot of people who played the first game, Ori and the Blind Forest, are actually pretty excited. It's a really beautiful game. Um, I never played it myself, but... The artwork for it is gorgeous. I mean, it looks like just an absolutely gorgeous game, so a lot of people are pretty hyped about it. And it's got some uh, pretty good gameplay, I hear, as well. 
but there's also speculation on Gears of War, a new Gears of War game, which I wouldn't be opposed. I'm a pretty big fan of the Gears of War series. It's just something really nice about the cover system that they kind of pioneered or they kind of made a big deal about. And it's just like a big brohood game. I had some great characters, so hopefully we see some news about Gears of War. Fable 4, uh, Kat and her boyfriend are actually pretty big fans of the Fable series, so I would imagine that if they did announce something like this, they would be super hyped about it. But I've never personally played a Fable game. I just know that they've got a pretty dedicated fan base, and they look like fun games. And then Halo, there might be a Halo 6 reveal. I'm not really sure about that. We'll have to see, but I hope to God that they do a better job with Halo 6 than they did with Halo 5 and Halo 4. 343 has not been taking the series in a good direction. Uh, people who have listened to the past episodes know of my disdain for the direction the series is going. But, you know, I still want to hold out. I want to hold out hope because Master Chief is a great protagonist. They've done a great job building the story in the world before Bungie had its fall from grace. <laughs> So we'll see. Microsoft's press conference is one to look out for. I'll definitely be updating my thoughts on that as we see what happens with it. And when was the last uh, Halo and Fable game that came out? Because I know it's been a while. Oh, Lord. Fable 3 came out... How long ago did Fable 3 come out? I'm looking it up just because... 2010. Fable 3 came out in 2010. Wow. And Halo 5... Halo 5's not that old. I think Halo 5 came out um, like a couple years ago. It came out in 2015. So it's about time. 2015, that's pretty three years of development. I would imagine that we're looking at a new Halo announcement. And Fable 4 would be great too. All right. We got that to look forward to then. Or at least, you know, Xbox players do. (laughs) Yep. All right. Bethesda. Uh, set for Sunday, June 10th at 6.30 p.m., which I know a lot of people are excited that it's not going to be like super late this time around because apparently they've had a problem with that in the past. Mm-hmm. We've got, it looks like a few games, uh, Rage 2, which I had already kind of briefly talked about in episode 12, if you want to see my spiel on that. looks like a pretty good game. Uh, Fallout 76, which we already mentioned was just announced. And then there's kind of speculation that maybe a Prey game, maybe Elder Scrolls Six. You know, there's a lot of expectations kind of right now because uh, since the newest Wolfenstein game came out, that's, you know, kind of not in the spotlight this time around. So it'll be interesting to see which of their main series they bring back and if they have, like, any new surprises this year. I'll quickly chip in here. I haven't seen the trailers for Rage 2, but I know that a lot of people are pretty excited for it. I'll have to check those out. Um, it's long overdue for me to see them, but I still want to look at them and see what the big hype is about it. Fallout 76 or Fallout 76. That's one that I'm pretty interested in because there's a lot of speculation going on about that. Aside from your reference to like, oh, it might be a a blizzard crossover or something. That's a funny joke. There are a lot of sources saying that it's going to be an online survival RPG, which is an interesting direction for the Fallout series. AKA Battle Royale. (laughs) I really hope not, but I really, really hope not. I will be so disappointed if that, everyone will be disappointed, I think, if it turns out to be that. But 
Elder Scrolls 6, once again, Kat and her boyfriend will be super, super crazy hyped if that's really or revealed. Um, everyone will be. Elder Scrolls game garner a lot of hype, and rightfully so. They're pretty gargantuan games that have immaculate attention to detail, so we'll have to see, but Bethesda could have an interesting conference this year. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, though, are kind of curious as to why they went, like all jokes aside, why? how do you go from Fallout 1, 2, 3, 4 to 76 like what it, what is the story behind that because there's got to yeah. be one even even if it's not you know the soldier 76 joke like what what is the reason for 76 yeah yeah uh, i i'm really curious about that too i mean if you watch the little teaser trailer it show it zooms in on like a a vault suit that has the number 76 on them and i'm assuming that's referring to the vault number because the other Fallout games, all the vaults have numbers associated with them. So I'm assuming it's like Vault 76, but really, who knows? I'm not sure. We don't have enough information to go off of right now because all we have is a teaser trailer. But you can bet that it did its job. It got everyone listening and super jazzed about what it could be. So it's going to have a lot of attention whenever they show it off at the conference. Hopefully they do show it off at the conference. I don't see why they wouldn't. For sure. Now we're now we're starting to get into some of the uh, some of the fun some of the fun conferences that we're looking forward to. Um, Square Enix. Square Enix is doing one on Monday, June eleventh at ten a.m. And boy, oh boy, do we got a lot of games that we're that we're looking forward to, or that you know we're excited to we're excited to see possibilities from from them. Kingdom Hearts three being the big one. Yes, I have been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 ever since I finished Kingdom Hearts 2 way back when it first released in like 2006. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it came out in 2006. God, it's just, this is long overdue. I don't know what Square does, why they have such a problem with developing games and releasing them in a timely manner, but it's getting kind of old. I feel like I've been teased for long enough with this crap, and they keep showing off gameplay of Kingdom Hearts 3. And it just looks so freaking beautiful. Oh my god. And all the new worlds that they're adding. I mean, the the possibilities are endless. Um, they've got a big Hero 6 world. We've seen a ton of gameplay from the Toy Story world. Um, got a, some gameplay of the uh, Hercules level and Rapunzel as well. It just, oh man, it looks so good. And it's there are rumors going around all over the place on the internet that they're going to give us a concrete release date at E3. So that is enough for me to look forward to. They don't even have to show me more gameplay. If I get a date, <laughs> I'm just that will be enough. When when would you see the date being? Like would it be this year? Would it be next year? Further? I really really want it to be this year. Like I have waited so long and I feel like <laughs> I feel like they've withheld giving us a release date for so long that it might very well be possible that they will give a date that is this year. I hope that's the case. I guess it wouldn't it wouldn't kill me to wait another year, I guess. But, you know, I'm getting old. Like, <laughs> I want to play this game. Like, the last time when I played Kingdom Hearts 2, I was, like, in middle school. So Yeah, I think I think the Kingdom Hearts series was, was, was like, for e, E10 and plus or whatever, E10 and up, uh, was, was yeah. kind of the demographic it was targeting. And, like, now all the people that played the original one are, like, you know, getting married and having kids and all that shit. 
We're in our 20s and 30s. Like, for the love of God, we want to play this game before we get too old to where it's creepy for us to play it. I mean, it's it's already kind of creepy. I don't really care, but, you know. <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven, Holy shit. Dragon Quest Eleven and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, do you know anything about either of those? Dragon Quest is a huge series over in Japan. It's not. It's pretty big here, too. Not as big, it's- obviously. It's growing a following like there's a the people who are fans of it in the Western world are very big fans of it, but it just hasn't caught on as much as it has in Japan. I think the last one I played was seven or eight. It was on the PlayStation 2 and I was too young to probably appreciate how deep and fleshed out of a world it was and how good it was. But I just can't believe there's 11 of these things. Well, I can because you notice there's. It's Dragon Quest Eleven, and, you know, we're up to Final Fantasy Fifteen. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Shadow of the Tomb Raider is one that I'm pretty hyped about, because the Tomb Raider reboots have been pretty great. Um, I've enjoyed them a lot. They took Laura Croft in a modern, new direction that everyone seems to love, and they're very cinematic games. Uh, so, there's not, there's never a problem with coming out with more of those. And then we get into, I mean, probably the, arguably the most anticipated game, one of the most anticipated games. And I'm not actually sure if they're going to show this off. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Have you heard about how tumultuous the development of this game has been? Yeah, they've, they've had to shuffle staff around and, you know, they're bringing back like, uh, you know, some of the original people involved with the music and the story and, you know, things like that. Um, which, you know, most people are pretty happy about that, but at the same time, the the time that it's taken to get to this point, you know, it, we we can all easily see Final Fantasy VII Remake taking forever. Like, be, it could easily become one of those games that's been in the making for like a decade or something like that, which nobody wants. You know, hopefully they'll have something more to show. Um, they kind of teased it last year, and it looked it looked beautiful, like, the graphics look stunning. Everybody's Final Fantasy VII is probably the most popular Final Fantasy game, and everybody really wants to see it like with the with with the full capacity of the PS4 behind it. See, I think they might have jumped the gun a little bit on this one because they teased it, and it was pro- arguably one of the most hyped trailers that has ever been released. And I can still go back and watch crowd reactions of it. And it still gives me goosebumps because of how well executed of a trailer it is. But the problem is, like like you just said, they're having a difficult time discerning what direction they want to take it. Like, it's a remake, but how much of the game do they want to change? How much of the game do they want to take out? I mean, you're messing, you're treading on dangerous ground because Final Fantasy VII is considered a masterpiece by many. And if you change too much, you're detracting from the experience. But if you change too little, then people are going to be disappointed that it's not it's not different enough to warrant another playthrough, even if it is and got a pretty slick new coat of paint on it. I I just want to see it come out. I want them to take their time. I don't want to take too much time, though. That's the problem. It's a delicate balance. But God, it'll be it'll be the day whenever it comes out. I guarantee it. It'll be like legendary, a red letter day records, like easily, easily. Yeah, I I would definitely like to see it come out, but 
I'm, you, you know me, like I've, I've, I've spent like the entire time that we've been doing this, this podcast bitching about Final Fantasy 15. I want Final Fantasy 7 to be a success and I want it to be done right. Like if they, if they do it shoddy, then just push it back. Like I, I don't want it to be pushed back indefinitely, but I would take that over a subpar release, which, you know, speaking of that, what are the odds that we're going to see some Final Fantasy 15 uh, or Dissidia updates? I'll put money down right now that there's going to be Final Fantasy 15 DLC announced <laughs> or shown off. I will put money down on it right now because they've already said that there's going to be a second season pass. So they've got to show something off. It'll probably be like a mini, like a sizzle reel of like all the directions they're going with it. So. See, I don't want to put money down on that because I would lose. Yeah, I know you would. Well, you know, they're, they're one of the DLCs is supposed to focus on Arden, who, you know, people wanted to see for a while. So it wouldn't be the worst, I guess. But at the same time, please just don't milk this game anymore. <laughs> uh, it's a little past that, buddy. They're definitely going to keep milking it. Yeah, I know. Well, as far as Dissidia, I don't, I don't feel like they will, but it's a possibility. Like maybe they'll be introducing like a new mode, or I, I don't feel like they would introduce their characters for Dissidia at E3. But I guess you never know. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that they'll they'll probably mention it. Uh, it'll be some form of DLC, I bet. I don't know how detailed of a trailer or announcement it'll be, but maybe in passing they'll mention it. Yeah, but maybe. Square Enix, I'm just excited that they're having a press conference again. You know, that's a that's something to look forward to. It the show felt kind of empty without them. Yeah. All right. So, moving on, we've got Ubisoft. It's going to be Monday, June 11th at 1 p.m. Uh, I don't know a ton about Ubisoft's lineup. Um, obviously Assassin's Creed Odyssey got, was it leaked or yeah, it was leaked. Like, yeah, yeah it was key, leaked keychain or some random shit. So that's, I think that's pretty much been confirmed for E3 and I've never played an Assassin's Creed game, but it always looks like it'd be something right up my alley. So be interested to see how that turns out. And then, uh, the division two and skull and bones. I don't know anything about skull and bones, but I can talk a little bit about the division two. Because the Division, the original Division, was very, very hyped. I mean, people were super excited for it. They were saying it was going to be the major rival to Destiny. And it was going to be like fully customizable guns. There's going to be a rarity system, just like other, you know, loot-based shooters like Borderlands and stuff like that. I think that it was very underwhelming when it came out. It wasn't what people thought. I remember getting it and I steamrolled through it. I got to the, God, it's been so long since I've played it. I believe it's called the Dark Zone. It's like the in-game PvP area that you can go to get like really high level loot. And I mean, I had fun with it. It was fun. It's just, it was underwhelming. It wasn't, it wasn't what a lot of people wanted, I don't think. And it improved over time. Like they kept supporting the game and they kept re releasing patches for it. But the Division 2... Uh, they've got a position with that game where they can maybe fix some of the problems with the original, uh, maybe innovate and improve and, uh, you know, 
get some of the old player base into it and maybe get some new followers along with it and we'll see what happens with it. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, kind of same feeling as you. The last Assassin's Creed game that I got into is Assassin's Creed 2 because that one was really good. Uh, everyone liked that one a lot. Set in Greece, that's kind of interesting. Might want to check that out, but... Go from Egypt to Greece, it's kind of feeling like God of War in, in that sense to me. I don't know. I mean, that that's, that's all there is that's coincidental, but... They do a good job of picking these exotic locales and really making a pretty good recreation of them. That's one of the fun parts I had with the original Assassin's Creed games was going around and adventuring in these areas. And, you know, they recreated a lot of the monuments pretty closely. So maybe, I mean, might play it eventually. We'll see. Kind of random segue, but uh, Final Fantasy XV had an Assassin's Creed festival and it was focused on like the newest Assassin's Creed game, which was you know based in Egypt. I would be very curious to see if they'll have the Assassin's Creed Festival again focused on this Greek location. I don't think they will, <laughs> but it would be interesting if they did that. That was such a weird DLC. Yeah. Well, I guess that was more of an event than a DLC, but yeah, event. it was all right. Weird event. I don't care. It was just weird. However you want to <laughs> qualify it. It was. It was kind of like a product placement episode. Like Noctis was dick riding the shit out of the, out of Assassin's Creed. Like, oh my god, the assassins are so cool. I want to be just like them. Let's get our assassins assassins clothing on and get this assassin shield, the Medjed shield. It was. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was beautiful. That was product placement taken to the max. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can't believe we didn't mention that. But I didn't think about hindsight's it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. All right, now we're getting to our uh, our most lengthy topic, which we we the original outline for this entire uh, for this entire podcast episode was was going to be like absurdly long, so we've had to cut down like a ton of this stuff. Um, and this was the this was the problem, child. Sony, Sony is going to be on Monday, June eleventh at six p.m. And boy, oh boy, do they have a lot of games that we are just absolutely ecstatic for. That's three boy, oh boys in this one episode. A new record. A new, is it? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Sony is killing the game with this conference. <laughs> because they the already... Game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they already revealed their hand. They already announce the games that they're going to be focused on but i kind of feel like that's a ploy an elaborate ploy to try to set us off guard like they're going to go through these games that they already said that they were going to focus on and then at the end they're going to be like but wait there was another game that we didn't talk about and now we're going to show it to you and everyone's going to like lose their minds over it that's what oh, i yeah. hope at least there, there's there's always there's always some some surprise with sony i hope that there is but i guess we're going to start out with the elephant in the room when it's coming when it comes to Sony Death Stranding my god what a freaking weird game it is so I, there's no word to describe it there's never been anything like it Kojima is a genius he's a weird genius though so all these trailers have like garnered a ton of speculation people have like made hour long 2 hour long videos trying to break down every single detail of these trailers 
and it's captivating. It's such a captivating game. I've never been so excited for it. And there's more and more details being released about it. They're saying that it's going to be, it's going to have to be like rely on the player's online connectivity. It's going to rely on other people's actions, which is interesting. And he just revealed a, a teaser trailer or not a teaser trailer, but a teaser image he posted of Bridges, which is the organization that's presumably big in the game. He posted that a couple days ago. So I have a feeling, you know, we're, I hope we get a new trailer. Maybe we'll get gameplay. That would be amazing if we could get some gameplay. People still want to see what it's like to play it. So I'm not even going to lie. I would, I would be more interested in gameplay at this point because like we've already seen like a good few, like five or 10 minute trailers. Um, where you still don't know shit by the end of the trailers, but at least you see what kind of world it is. Whereas I have absolutely no clue what the gameplay is going to be like. Like, I don't know. I, I don't have any 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 insight whatsoever as to what the gameplay might be like, and that's what I really want to see. People have really high expectations for that game, myself included. Norman Reedus came out and said that the cutscenes and the the cutscenes and the concepts of the game are mind blowing, and that the cutscenes will melt your eyeballs. Like, explicitly said that. That's impressive. I'm really excited for it. But we'll see what happens. Spider-Man? Spider-Man's coming out. It is coming out. And it looks beautiful. Very graphically impressive. It kind of looks like it's going to be... It kind of looks like it takes the approach that Rocksteady took with the Batman Arkham games. Which are extremely fun, by the way. They're on sale right now. Yeah, they're on sale right now. You might want to check them out because they're really good. But Spider-Man, the trailer that they've shown off for it and the way that they look, I mean, it looks like a great way to actually have a Spider-Man game that's fun. And I mean, it looks like it's very dynamic, very creative, open world. It's like what every Spider-Man fan wants in a game. It looks like. I'm excited for it. See, the last Spider-Man game that I actually enjoyed was, like, the first one for, for PS2. Um, that was a fun game to me. Like, got to go against, like, the Shocker, the Vulture, Green Goblin. Um, but every Spider-Man game that I've played since then has just been disappointing to me. So I, I don't... I'm a lot more cynical about this Spider-Man game than most people are. But maybe I'll be... I'll, I'll probably be proven wrong, and I'll be glad to be proven wrong if that's the case. But, you know kind of keeping keeping my hopes down until I've seen like what the reception is on it. Got a uh, Ghost of uh, Ghost of Tsushima coming out and not a whole lot of information has been given about it yet. Um, it sounds like it's going to be an open world samurai themed action game set during the Mongol invasion of Japan in in 1294. He plays a lone samurai turned vengeful assassin. And I don't know, to me to me this sounds like fantastic, especially because it's coming from Sucker Punch Productions, who that's the studio that's responsible for the uh, for the Infamous series. Um, they also have another prominent series, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But uh, you know, if it's and I I might be reaching right now since I don't know too much about this game, but if if it's like Infamous, if it's got the same style of gameplay as Infamous, except you're a samurai going against Mongolians, that would be that would be tight to me. Like I would be, I would be ecstatic to play a game like that. And it sounds like it's going to be based around a lot of like historical accuracy. Like it's going to be a history bus wet dream. 
is what I'm anticipating. So, you know, if we get some gameplay, if we get some trailers, that'll be a cool, that'll be a cool, uh, cool contender this year. I thought that you would be a pretty, pretty big fan of this one, or you would be anticipating this one a lot because it's from the guys who made Infamous. Um, and I don't know anything about it, but just your description of it alone has me pretty excited to see what kind of game it's it is or what the gameplay is like to see just more about it in general um it sounds like a buy for me just based on the concept it sounds like a buy for me because that sounds like a very captivating subject oh yeah and i can't remember if it's i think it's supposed to come out this year but i'm 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 sure i'll get it eventually i'm just not sure when yeah they haven't determined a, a release date on it people are speculating that they're going to announce a release date at E3 for it, which would be great. Release dates are always great to have, but we'll see. It's definitely going to get a pretty prominent display on Sony's stage this year. So Yeah, for sure. Days Gone. That's a, that's another one that's really getting a lot of hype. It's apparently not... It's, it's a zombie game, but the developers say it's not a zombies game. So they say that they're freakers. They're called freakers. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I know. The name alone, don't make fun of it or judge it based on the name. But it, the interesting thing about it is that it's some sort of pandemic that affects, like, animals and humans. So you could get some interesting things out of that. They showed off a bear, like an infected bear in one of the older trailers. And really, just the fact that they're rendering that many character models on screen at one time is impressive. I mean, they're like fast zombies like horde fast zombies so there's like hundreds of them on screen at once and they are super fast which i think are more terrifying than the slow ambling (laughs) zombies like you see in a lot of series but it looks impressive and it's i say this a lot but all the games that are on sony's docket are very visually impressive this is no exception i'm pretty excited to see what it's like to see hopefully some more gameplay and of course a release date i'm gonna keep saying that because i like to know when these games are gonna come out also got some uh also got some rumors floating around about some other potential uh games that might be showcased i know we saw like a it was just like a snippet wasn't it of uh, bloodborne 2 last year i think it's bloodborne 2 but you know what i'm not sure if it's actually been confirmed i know that it's definitely going to be a new game from from software Okay, I hope so it's, it's Bloodborne it's 2. speculated this Bloodborne 2. Yeah, I hope it is. Gotcha. And then you say Devil May Cry might be getting a sequel? There's a lot of rumors flying around about Devil May Cry 5 perhaps being announced because people want Devil May Cry 5. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of tripped out though because of uh DMC and Devil May Cry 3 like the the storyline for De- for Devil May Cry is pretty convoluted at this point, so I'm curious where Devil May Cry Five would fall in, like in the grand scheme of that. In the grand scheme of that, the speculation came about because Capcom uh, registered Devil May Cry Five as a domain name for a website recently, so that's where everyone's freaking out about it. All right, so those would be those would be cool. Yeah. The Last of Us Part 2 is not rumored. It is confirmed. It is confirmed. 
and we've had uh, we had a really nice lengthy trailer last year. Was it at E3 that they did that last year? Yes, I think so. I can't. I always forget because I feel like they do it like at like some other event. But anyway, there've been like two trailers. Um, one of them was Ellie playing her playing a guitar to some kind of ominous music, and you know. This takes place about five years after the original Last of Us, which would be 25 years after the uh, after the Cordyceps brain infection outbreak. Um, the first game is supposed to be a story about like love, even though it doesn't always seem like that. The sequel is supposed to be one about hate, and Ellie's you know 19 years old at this point, tattooed. She vows to kill them all, and a lot of people like this has been a big source of of uh, theorizing and and uh, speculation. A lot of people want to know what made Ellie so pissed off that she would that she's vowing to kill them all. Like some people theorize that Joel is dead, um, that the image like that comes to her in this uh, in this trailer is like a is like a heavenly uh, version of him, like from beyond the grave. Some people theorize that Ellie got pregnant and that she lost her child. I don't know. I'm really. I I would really love to see what the uh, what the explanation for that is, and I'm I'm hoping that we'll get some a little further explanation at E3. Yeah, and I hope that there. I mean, obviously, I bet we're going to get a new trailer, and hopefully, we'll get <laughs> some release answers date. on what's good. A release date, yes. But I was going to say, <laughs> I hope that we at least get a a few more details on really who the story is going to focus on, because right now it seems like it's going to be focused around Ellie, but I'm interested to see if they're going to take a sort of multiple, like kind of have multiple viewpoints. I enjoy stories that switch perspectives a lot because typically you get a more holistic view of what's going on. I just, that, that Joel thing bothers me. I want to know that Joel is alive because, and everyone does because Joel's an awesome character. But I can easily see him being dead and that being a source of Ellie's rage and anger. But the way that they're painting this, uh, painting the game, the way that they're, the landscape, it looks very bleak and dark. And I like those sorts of games. I like it whenever they're not scared to shy away from that sort of material. So probably going to be our hottest anticipated show or a game of the entire show. Mine's going to be Death Stranding tied with last of us two but these two are way up there yeah my, mine is definitely last of us two right now and well maybe final fantasy 7 remake if 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 that ends up getting confirmed i think your your point about the different like perspectives is interesting though because it wouldn't surprise me um the second trailer that had come out was uh it teased a few new characters um yara and lev were like the two major ones but then there was a there's a third woman who is she she wasn't explicitly named but just about everybody seems to believe that it was Ellie's mom. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if it switches between like past and present and that would be kind of interesting to me if Ellie's mom is like a playable character but you but she doesn't affect like the main storyline. You got to play her in the past and that leads to something. I don't know. There's a lot they could do to make the gameplay like significant to the story and just like build up and lead up to something that we're not really expecting. We've seen what naughty dog is capable of. So no matter what direction they take it, 
I know it's going to be a great direction. It's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be beautiful. It's probably going to be a masterpiece. So really, there's nowhere we can go wrong. It's just a matter of waiting to see what when it's going to come out and what it's going to be. Definitely. Now let's move on to... I guess this is the last uh, the last conference that's associated with E3. Uh, Nintendo. Nintendo is going to be on Tuesday, June the twelfth, at nine a.m. And uh, they've got they've got a few. They've also got a few. Yes, Nintendo's on a roll. The Switch is selling like hotcakes. Well, maybe not so much anymore. I mean, because you can actually find them now, so that's nice. But it's already proved that it's a success as a console, and Nintendo is showing no signs of letting up. They're releasing great games for this system. Among those, Smash Brothers for Switch. You can't have a console or a Nintendo console without Smash Brothers. Great party game, tons of fun, huge online competitive community. Really excited about it. Hope that we see some more information about it. Uh, Metroid Prime 4. Metroid Prime series is phenomenal. Everyone loves it. So whenever they revealed that they were going to have another entry into the Prime series, everyone collectively lost it. Here are the two that both Crow and I are really hyped about. Super excited about it. They have already teased that there's going to be a Shin Megami Tensei core game released on the Switch. It was a very brief teaser trailer, but we got some character models that we can make out from it of the demons that are going to be in this one. And, oh, man, the thought of it just, whoo, it's going to be awesome. I know it's going to be awesome. I want them to show some information about it. And also, the World Ends With You final remix. We've already played through the World Ends With You. This is something that I proudly like to point out. This is one game recommendation that I made to Crow in the past that I was very, very confident that he was going to love based on his style in games. And... He played it, and he loved it. Pretty sure he 100%ed the game on the oh, DS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I sank about 300 uh, hours into that game. Yeah, it's a phenomenal game. For anyone who hasn't played it, if you've got a DS, I encourage you to uh, to pick it up and play it. Also, they have a version of it that came out on iOS devices that you could also download, but I don't think it's compatible with new iOS devices or new iOS operating systems or whatever. So, I don't know. But... Both of these, looking forward. I really want to hear something about them. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely excited about Shin Megami Tensei Five. I had uh, recently purchased Strange Journey Redux, which is another mainline Shin Megami Tensei game. Uh, I've played through four several times and played through Apocalypse uh, only once, but I'm in the middle of another playthrough. Um, briefly played Nocturne, so I've got like a a feel for all of the mainline Shin Megami Tensei games. And I'm very curious to see how five will fit in with the established lore. If it's going to take it in a new direction, if it's going to be, you know, building on what's already been established or if it's going to be like non, I guess non essential to what's already been done. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will be. And I mean, we're just making the assumption that it's still going to take place in Tokyo, but who knows? Maybe they'll take it in a new direction. I'm just excited that they actually are teasing that they're developing a game on the Switch. So there's also speculation on some ports. Diablo 3, that would be a phenomenal port on the Switch. I mean, it just makes sense that it would be on the Switch. 
And there hasn't been anything confirmed about it yet, but really, really hope that they announce something on that. And actually, they just confirmed that Fortnite is going to come to the Switch. Because, you know, Fortnite is love, Fortnite Fortnite is life. Everyone freaking loves and worships (laughs) that game right now. Uh, So, big shocker that it's coming out on the Switch. But I'm looking forward to a good a good direct from Nintendo. Keep the hype train rolling, maybe. Absolutely. Now, we're about ready to start winding down, but we've got a few, I guess there's a few miscellaneous reveals that don't really necessarily fall under any of the pre-established uh, categories that we've already named. Yeah, these two could be announced either on the Sony stage or on the Xbox stage. We're not sure yet, but... Nevertheless, they're very highly anticipated games. Red Dead Redemption 2. Already had a couple trailers dropped on it. Already a lot of enthusiasm and excitement behind it. But I'm not so sure that they will actually reveal it or show anything at E3 because Rockstar kind of stays away. They kind of stay away from E3. So I doubt that they'll probably show anything there. But what I do have pretty high confidence on is that they will show off cyberpunk 2077 which is cd project red's upcoming game that follows the witcher series yeah it's gonna be great i'll keep it at that i'm excited i want to see it everyone wants to see it i know like literally nothing about it but i should probably brush up before i go to e3 yeah you should all right i'll have to do that now that we've covered all the uh potential well most of these if not all of these are confirmed to some degree but there's a few that we would like to see that are either very unlikely or next to impossible but you know we'd still like to see them so we're going to take a few minutes to kind of go over those like really briefly do you want me to start yeah sure go ahead all right so just gonna kind of keep mine keep mine brief. The Persona Dancing All Night games, I already kind of touched on that. I just and and while I'm at it, Persona Four Golden, I just want the damn things accessible on PS4 to an English speaking audience. It doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to port Persona Four Golden, and it doesn't seem like it'd be that difficult. It might take a little bit of time since the game's just released in Japan. But it shouldn't take too long to get Persona Dancing All Night like dubbed and, and ready for an English-speaking audience. I don't know if that's the kind of thing that they would announce at E3. But, you know, something to look forward to if they do. Uh, Final Fantasy X-3. I would, I would absolutely die if they revealed that they were working on Final Fantasy X-3. There have been... Uh, there's been speculation for a while, and... They sounded like they were in the process of starting to think about it. But, you know, obviously Kingdom Hearts and the Final Fantasy VII Remake are, like, higher priorities right now. So, I, you know, it's extremely unlikely that Ten Three will be making an appearance, but it's always on. It's always a hope for me. Oh, before I forget, Catherine Full Body. I would love to see anything about that at E3. Which I don't think that'd be great. We, it looks like we both forgot to mention that one, but uh, you know, it, it's has, has that been confirmed for a North American release, or is that just confirmed for Japan right now? 
I don't think it's been confirmed for us yet. Yeah, so, you know, confirmation of that would be great, too. You know, while we've got The World Ends With You here, The World Ends With You getting a sequel would be fantastic, which they've already teased something in the past on, on the mobile version, which never really bore any fruit. It wouldn't surprise me, though, given, like, you know, if if you're going to have a surprise at E3, The World Ends With You is a cult classic to the extent that announcing a sequel would make people just absolutely giddy. Like, kind of like, you know, last year whenever they had the Bayonetta games plus the sequel announced. I, I could see it stirring up people in the same in the same uh, capacity, I guess. And then lastly, uh, Death Garden. I think you had touched on this at one point in a previous episode, but uh, Behavior Interactive, um, the studio, well, it's the same studio but a different development team, that made uh, Dead by Daylight is going to be releasing Death Garden, which looks and sounds interesting, but I would like to see more on it. I don't know if E3 is going to be even remotely appropriate as a setting for that, but, you know, you can always hope. I'll go ahead and chip in. First of all, I looked, and Catherine Fullbody has been confirmed to the West. There's just no oh, release yes. date. Yes! It's going to release in Japan sometime like this winter, this year probably won't get over here until next year but as far as my hope hopefuls i'd like to mirror my excitement uh on final fantasy 10-3 i would love to see something on that that's a big hopeful world ends with you sequel that'd be amazing as well death garden also great pretty much everything you mentioned i agree with i have a couple to add to it or add to my hopefuls though i'd like to see a resident evil 2 remaster uh, they remastered Resident Evil 1. Resident Evil 2 was the first game that truly terrified me. I grew up in, uh, <laughs> watching my dad playing that game, and it scared the crap out of me. So I would love to, kind of as a, like a rite of passage, play through a remastered version of that. It'd be great. I want a freaking remaster of the original Rayman. Um, that's something that I would love to see Ubisoft do, because that was one of the first platformers I played other than Crash Bandicoot. Great game. Just want to see a remaster of it, and we're in a remaster craze right now. Cyberpunk 2077, I already mentioned. CD Projekt Red, everything they touch is great. So I want to see that. Animal Crossing on Switch, my guilty pleasure game. I love <laughs> Animal Crossing. It'd be, it's only a matter of time until they do something on the Switch, I guarantee it. I'd like to see a core Fire Emblem game on the Switch. I love Fire Emblem. You can obviously pick that up from some of our past episodes. Love those games. Borderlands 3. They keep saying that it's not happening and that they're not developing it, but I feel like that's something that Gearbox would do to just troll us. So I'm hoping that they've just been, like, trying to screw with us and that they'll actually be like, yeah, surprise, we've got Borderlands 3. That's what I'm hoping will happen. And then um, I want to mention this too <laughs> because... <laughs> no, 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 you're getting a different idea. I was going to mention this. Um, Spyro, the Spyro remaster, we didn't mention that. I bet that'll show up somewhere on E3. I hope it does. Yeah, but that would be a PlayStation game, though, right? I think. Pretty sure. All right. But really, my biggest hopeful, my biggest hopeful out of all of these, uh-huh. we need to freaking see Corey in the house on the Switch. Like, everyone loved Corey in the house whenever it came out. I mean, on the... I don't even know what it came out on. Game Boy Advance? Nintendo DS? You know damn well that it was Nintendo. <laughs> It was. It needs to come out on the Switch. That's my biggest hopeful. 
All right, and uh, with that little humdinger, I guess we're done. Well, we conclude our E3 segment of the show. We still got to end with our name of shame and phrase of praise. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Name of shame? Uh, if I remember correctly, this one came from Dead by Daylight, I think. Um, and I just thought it. I just thought it was it was funny. Um, Doctor Villain PhD. A little redundant. <laughs> yeah, but I like it a lot. Um, there's underscores between it. Doctor underscore Villain underscore PhD. I just thought it was funny. Beautiful. We chuckled at it. While I've while I've got the opportunity, I would also like to chip in a name of shame. Whoa, a surprise. I know. I uh I got this uh this little beauty while I was playing with uh the new guy the other day, um, on Dead by Daylight. This was uh I shit you not, this is the name. Big Booty Judy 007. Yo <laughs> <laughs> I know someone in real life that refers to herself as that, so Yeah, we both do. <laughs> oh, I'm wondering. I hope it's not it may be this... Is it? I'm going to ask her. No, there's no way. I'm confronting her. Well, I mean, that, that's like from a rap song. No, well, I'm still confronting her about it. Go for it. <laughs> Our phrase of praise actually has a bonus story attached to it that you are probably going to uh, tell better than I can. Yes. <clears throat> so, and that we, we considered making this included in our rant or rave, but decided it would ultimately be funnier attached to the phrase of praise. So uh, we were doing a survivor match, and we got paired with a very douchey Leatherface. You know, Leatherfaces are generally notorious campers, and so, you know, that's kind of the expectation, and I, I'm i not going to say I don't mind, but I expect it when I play against one. But this one was just, like, literally face camping and just sawing through me when he had me hooked. Like, he wasn't, he, he didn't take a step back to look at me, he wasn't just revving up his chainsaw. He wasn't looking anywhere. He was just staring me point blank in the face and sawing through me over and over and over again. Somebody came up behind him, started teabagging. He didn't do anything. Somebody came and got him, got me off right in front of him. He downed both of us immediately, hooked me, and then just continued chainsawing me even while the other guy was crawling away and recovering. Um, so just a really douchey leather face. The other two survivors were so irritated with this behavior that they just both rage quit like they both disconnected so you know obviously i was gonna die the way that that was so all i could do is struggle and try to buy a judge some more time to get the gins done so he could find the hatch and escape so i did that died judge was able to find the hatch and escape and he was fortunately able to get a little bit of teabagging in beforehand because god that was such a toxic ass player just for you just for me. And, uh, you know, I was curious, like, man, what a douchey leather face. Let's see, let's see what his profile looks like. So I looked at his profile, and this is where our name of, or sorry, this is where our phrase of praise comes from this week. From Mark the Shark 201. <clears throat> if you think I don't know, then think again, because I do know. <laughs> Mark the Shark, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what oh man i laughed at it whenever you first looked it up and i'm still laughing about it because it just with the with the gamer tag being what it is and with that phrase paired with it and the behavior it just paints a very <laughs> funny picture of, yeah, the, uh, he, of the character in general 
it was uh it was an interesting experience yeah, to to put it mildly yeah well at least you got out of that alive and you got to watch me teabag him profusely as i got out yeah that was pretty satisfying yeah i did it for you as i already said but appreciate it you know what's impressive is that we actually we actually got through this um in a pretty hey. timely fashion we did we we were really expecting this to take like an hour and a half, so we had to like really pace ourselves on this. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. We did a good job at it. And th- obviously, there are some topics that we wish that we could have talked about a little bit more, but we'll probably have a post-E3 segment as well, because you're going to have a lot of stuff that you experience while you're visiting E3 that I'm sure everyone's going to want to hear about, me, me included. So this is a topic. These are things we're going to revisit. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely have to have a wrap-up about all this. Yeah. But, for now, we've reached the end of the show. We want to be able to hear what your thoughts are about E3. What are your most hotly anticipated games that you're waiting for with bated breath? What do you want to see? What are some surprises that you'd like to see? Just thoughts on E3 in general. We'd love to hear them. And hey, you might even get a shout-out on the show. And hey. that would be great, right? So, you can reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at RealPodgeHodge, or you can email us directly with your thoughts or concerns or just talk to us in general. Insults in general, yeah. At contact at PodgeHodge.net. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a shout. All right, I guess that's it. That's it. This is The Judge signing out. We'll talk to you next week. We're not going to keep doing signing out as our as our fucking ending. This is the judge saying bye bye for now. <laughs> TTFN bitches. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>